Hi, this is Bill Brown of the Houston Astros. This is Sunday Strohs, a podcast brought to you each and every Sunday covering all the week's action and news. If it's Sunday, it's time for Sunday Strohs. Again, Sunday Strohs. We've had a bit of a break there. I mean, I think we're getting on for three weeks, but you know, times are slowly moving. There's little bits of rumours coming around, little bits of bit, little bit of news. Uh, so we might as well catch up on all that lot. And as always, this is what the show is about. It's me and my good friend Rob Fontenot. So it's been a while, Rob. Uh, I should say, how are you getting on over there? Well, I'm doing okay, buddy. How you been? Yeah. Uh, Back to work, so it's a bit of a shock, but um, it's getting a bit more normal. I mean, we're in a second lockdown out here, so things are a little bit different to y'all out there in the States, but not doing too bad, can't complain, you know. Just hoping to get Christmas back on track and get things a little bit more normalised. You can only hope. Yeah, I took off of work October, I think it was October the 10th, and I am going back on Monday, so... Looking forward to my day being occupied, you know, to keep my mind off of things. So I'll be back to work. So looks like we're both going. And I don't know, man. Uh, uh, it looks like I had read something. You're talking about a lockdown. I read something about I think they want to shut everything down for like four weeks and pay everybody. And I, I think I'd be all right with that. That's basically what we're going in in, in the middle of right now. Um, you know, we've, we've, we're halfway through November, so I think it's December 2nd when we come out of all that. And, you know, we're going to see the government's going to monitor after that, see how we're getting on. Um, you know, it's crippling the economy, but ultimately it has to happen. You know, we, we need some something to change. And it worked first time around, so why not do it again? <laughs> yeah, you're crippling the economy, but, you know, if you don't do something... It won't matter if there's an economy because there won't be anybody alive to, uh, <laughs> exactly. right, to enjoy the economy. All right, so let's start with this, buddy. How shocked were you? Because I, I kind of was, and then I thought about it a little, and then I wasn't. But how shocked were you that Christian Javier was uh, finished third in the Rookie of the Year voting? I wasn't shocked he was nominated, but I was shocked he finished third. But I'm still extremely impressed by that result. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's always going to be one of those where we're highly judged and you know highly assessed. But I'm I'm still really impressed. I'm really impressed. Um, you know, I, I, like I say, I wasn't shocked he was nominated, but hell yeah, of course we wanted <laughs> first. But come on, that's not a bad result. Look at the guy. Again, it's, it's it's the young arms rotation coming into play. What an achievement! It's fantastic just to be in that category, don't you think? Yeah, we had what ten or twelve uh, rookies making their debut. You had Parades and uh, Blake Taylor and all these other guys that pitched beautifully for us. And uh, Christian Javier, I, I, I guess I was just surprised. 
I don't know why. I, I didn't. I guess I was surprised maybe that that the uh, what the writers actually noticed that someone from Houston did good. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did great, and this isn't even uh, has nothing to do with the playoffs. This is for regular season. You mm-hmm. know, and he he was doing very well. You know, he held down one of the rotation spots the whole year. Uh, I think he, you know, gave up two or three runs a game, and he would run out of gas at the end. But, I mean, he had a great, great season. I mean, some guy coming out of uh, the minors and holding down a rotation spot is, is very, very good. I mean, look at how many times we have, we had him as player of the week or, you know, uh, we, we had him as a second-degree nomination or joint nomination. We we kept bringing him up, you know, and that, that says it all to me. It's, it's just absolutely fantastic vaunts every time. So I, I think you're right, though. There is an element of I'm surprised the media or the writers have even thought of it. That, that's, that's definitely a, a further feather in the cap because you think there must have been absolutely some pride swallowed there to even bring the Astros into it. Yeah, so... Moving on, I think the last episode we talked about, and I think it was one of the, I think it was the uh, poll, the Sunday Strohs poll, you know, will Springer get a qualifying offer, or will it be Brantley or both, and I can't remember the answer, but I think it was Springer, and obviously he got one, and he had till, I guess, the 11th to turn it down, and he turned it down. Uh, They didn't offer Brantley one, however... It's being speculated, you know, by Brian McTaggart and different people that cover the Astros that the Astros are in conversation with Michael Brantley about re-signing in Houston. That's the rumors I keep hearing as well. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Again, the the, the Astros poll last last episode we did was that. Uh, I mean, I went with both, but obviously that's, you know, that's kind of by and by now. But, I mean, I think I think reality is we want both. We do. I think, you know, if we're, if we're really going down a path, we want to keep Springer. I, I mean, we still can't out. I don't want to really completely dismiss it. But okay, it doesn't look great. Rumours and speculations would dictate that, but... I still think there's a chance. We we can't give up until the ink's been signed and there's a contract laid out. I think all of us expected him to turn down that first qualifying offer. You know, why not? Uh, but it would be nice to keep Brantley at least, you know, if we are going to lose Springer. But it's it's all to play for. And I think um, the Brantley room is the one that keeps coming back. You know, the Astros are, are hunting, that, uh, hunting that player. So I, I don't know. I mean... What do you feel on all that? I mean, do you think anything's going to be set in stone, or are you kind of, you know, a bit kind of speculative yourself about it all? I'm not really sure about Brantley. I know I wanted to keep him. I'm I'm pretty excited, you know, that they brought that up, that they're negotiating. Uh, I I think if Brantley didn't want to stay here, he would probably say, hey, I I don't need to negotiate with you because I don't want to be here. And but I, it'd be nice. And the the other person that keeps coming up, you know, in, in stories uh, for Major League Baseball, you know, like each team, one one person that each team is looking at or the perfect fit for a team. And and this guy's been linked to the Astros since the season ended. And that's Jackie Bradley Jr. 
So if we do get Brantley, you know, it could be, you know, Brantley, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Tucker. I know we won't get George Springer, and I honestly don't think Springer's coming back. I know the Mets got a new owner that said he's going to spend money. I don't know if he said it like that, but he's very, very rich, you know, and I think they're going to start acting like, a, what do you call it, a big market club? So oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, Springer's been linked to the Mets, and they trade, I mean, they sold the team to that rich guy, you know, and he's from up north, so maybe that maybe that's true. Who knows? I do keep hearing the link between the Mets and uh, George Springer. I mean, like I said, I don't want to count anything out. Who knows? But that's the only one I keep hearing as well. I mean, in terms of Jackie Bradley Jr., I've, I've always said that I'd be quite keen to get him on our team. I think ever, ever since I say his name's come around, particularly as well with the off-season heating up, I, I, I'd be very keen to acquire him. He's had some fantastic seasons with the Red Sox as well. I mean, they're talking about defensive issues. Well, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we, we do need strong defence in the, in the position he's going to be playing. Sure, but he's actually quite a solid player. And I wouldn't be opposed to receiving to receive it. I really wouldn't. I think it'd be a good acquisition. But it is all dependent on, like I say, truth from 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 fiction. But I think it's just going to be one of those interesting talking points because I think his name keeps coming up more and more. But like I say, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think he'd be a good question, to be honest. Yeah, there was, you know, people speculating, hey, they could have a reunion with Marwin or Jake Marisnik. But Jackie Bradley Jr. is like, I mean, I think I've read something about him every day. And I don't know a whole lot about him. I remember a few years ago when he had this hit streak going. And from what I know about him is that he is an incredible defender, like a great center fielder. And I don't – I mean, I probably, like, hitting-wise, we might be getting another uh, – uh, what's his name? Uh, Reddick. We might be getting another Reddick. But, you mm. know, a, a nice center fielder defensively is pretty pretty good to have. So I'm fine with this uh, outfield as long as we get Brantley. If we don't have Brantley, I mean, that's quite a big hole. But they had, they had mentioned last year that Brantley – I didn't even realize this, and I don't know if you did. And I don't know if it was because he was injured, but Brantley DH'd more than anything last year. I think what I was feeling was that's probably true. I mean, it, there's, there's more of a step up, I think, this season, and it's been really noticeable. Again, we've discussed him many, many times in our plays of the week. I mean, he's had an absolutely fantastic season, I think, with us this season. And again, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't complain really, you know, with, with keeping any of them. That's the, that's the hardest thing about this time of the season, isn't it? The off season. You don't want to lose guys and you don't want to lose them particularly when they're hot as well. And you think that's a great, a great element. We don't want to lose really any of those guys, to be honest. That's what it really boils down to. But I think yeah. it keeps looking for Springer because he is like, uh, a, a, a Astros, you know, he's like the furniture. It's just like you can't imagine him not being there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't imagine it. And it's so, and I think it's more a link to him as a person. I've said this time and time again, he's a very good human being and they're hard to find. You know, he's, he's a decent human being as well. So he's not only a great player, but a decent human being. Same, same for Brantley as well. So it's a really difficult thing because you get invested in the person and the player. So you don't want to let either of those go. It's a really difficult one, really difficult. 
Yeah, I've been reading lately that Springer wants out. I, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any quotes from him, but that's kind of uh, the word Ooh. going around. Uh, but let's let's stick with the with the roster. So we have our number one uh, prospect, Forrest Whitley. We've been yes. thinking he's going to get called up for the last two or three years. And even in a season where 11, or it could be 13, I don't remember the number, but all these rookies make their debuts, and and Forrest Whitley never did. He's not ready. But the Astros are going to have to add him to the 40-man roster to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. Yeah. And and somebody's going to take him. But if you if the team picks him up, He's going to have to be on their roster the entire season. Uh, but what do you think about that? I mean, is this the year of Forrest Whitley? We talk about it every offseason. <laughs> I really don't know. Again, it's it's a it's a real smoke and mirror situation. I mean, you know, it, it's, it always boils down to this issue as well, is um, looking at, let's just say, for example, this season. We've not really, I would argue, we've not really needed him, you know? So mm. I feel that looking how far we got, I know you could say, well, it's half the season, there was less games played, you know, different rules and stipulation, but we, we got very, very far. This is the whole thing where I think, you know, we didn't do terribly, let's never under, understate our achievements. So I feel like we're doing okay Without him, if you like, I know it might sound a bit harsh, but I feel like we're okay. I mean, what do you think? I mean, he hasn't been ready, and we've been surviving without him. You know, I thought maybe this last season would be his time to shine in the rotation. But if they add him to the 40-man roster, we're going to see him this year. I mean, because mm. they, can't, they can't not have him on there. And if they mm. have them, if they have them, that's another guy they can't protect. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal that they have to add them on there. You know, some people may not realize what a big deal that is, but you could have there could be another guy. Like I could just say an example, like Jack Mayfield or you know one of these guys that they can't protect. And I think they're both on there anyway. But you know, he might take a spot from someone that they want to protect, and he could go somewhere else. So who knows? But, I mean, if he's on the 40-man roster, when somebody gets injured or anything happens, that's where they get the guys from. I mean, they get them from the 40-man roster. So 2021 sure. could be the year of Forrest Whitley. Whether he does good or not, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but another thing, I don't know if you're a fan of this guy, and, you know, watching him in spring training the last few years, uh, Nick Tanalu, uh, he became a free agent as well because he's been in the minor league so long. And he signed, I think it's a minor league deal, but he signed with the Padres. And they got Tatis and Machado, so he's blocked just like he is in Houston. So I, I was kind of confused why he signed with the Padres. I think the only thing I can honestly put my hand on heart and say with 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 Nick is I love his Twitter. I love his, his attitude on there. I do follow him in those terms, but I couldn't really say that I've got any investment within him. I know that sounds harsh. There's probably people, there will be people who followed him far more extensively and in depth than myself. 
Mm-hmm. But again, I, I, I couldn't really say I feel any attachment. So, you know, on his decision, be it, if you like. Yeah, well, I'm just attached to him enough that I want to see him do well. And I've mm. always, I, you know, I always wanted him to get a shot, but the Astros keep calling up Toro, and Toro, to me, mm. isn't really that great. And so I, I hope Nick Tantalou has a great career and make the Astros pay for not calling him up. <laughs> that may be a bad attitude. <laughs> He's certainly got attitude, that guy. I like to say it's not a bad move. And I agree with the Toro comment. Um there's been some fantastic moments, but moments, I mean, we're talking needle in a haystack. I think we can all agree on Toro. All right, let's move on to this, buddy. I, I tried to cover all the players. Now let's go to the front office and the management. Uh, 30 minutes after the World Series, Detroit Tigers uh, set up an interview with A.J. Hinch, and they hire him the next day, like, the next day, he gets a job, and we weren't shocked, right? Everybody knew that yeah. somebody was going to hire A.J. Hinch. And yeah. then the next day, the the Cora, not the Cora, but the Red Sox hire back uh, Cora and the replay guy that got suspended for a season. Right away, they're like, hey, uh, come on back. And but the Astros didn't do that with AJ Hinch. What do you think the difference is in those two teams? Why did the Boston Red Sox say, "Hey, we're he's he's suspended for a year, his suspension's over, we're bringing him back"? But uh, the Astros didn't do that. They fired him and let him go. Now he's in Detroit. Hey, I mean, Rob, you know me and you are passionate Astros fans. This could be an episode all into itself, dedicated to this very subject. Because what you've got to link into that then is the cheating scandal, you know, the, 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 the history of cheating, obviously, you know, the injustice of the Red Sox, the injustice of the league. It could go on and on and on. But I think if I boil it down to this, I think people, the way I'll, I'll term it is this, is people are really, really annoyed that AJ Hinch isn't coming back to the Astros. He, I don't think he ever was. And I've got to say, I, I couldn't really care less. I want a clean slate. I want a rebuild. I want to try to remove as much of the elements from that scandal as we possibly can. And unfortunately, he was one of those. So me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for AJ Hinch. I'm happy for Detroit. I hope they look after him. I hope he gets a clean slate and a chance to put his life right. And I hope he does great with the Tigers. I'm not gonna gonna say anything else on that. But I think the rumours were always White Sox or Tigers. The Tigers got it. It is odd, but then again, he is a great manager. And bottom line is, you know, he's a very very capable, talented person. That was never gonna be an issue. The thing that did shock me was that comparison with Cora, because that is, it's the same team. That's what I really don't understand. It's, it's not like it's like, you know, it's just not even a change of scene. It's absolutely, it's, and what it is to me is, a, a, a you know, a kick in the balls to the whole organization, because it basically says to me, you know, you can do what the hell you want, and we, we might have you back again. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. 
But I'll tell you one thing, if it's the Astros, no. You know, it all comes down to that whole thing again of us being the scapegoat. That's where the difference is. That's my view on it. Why didn't AJ Hinch come straight back to us or any of those previous players or connections? Because we are the devil incarnate. We're never going to get anything back from it. But other teams, it's fine. It goes back to the whole issue of, you know, you put on a different jersey for a different team, they're going to love you. It's the same principle. It's just, if you're good at your job and you're talented at your job, you will be taken back on. But we're always going to be the most severely punished and the most injustification given to us because apparently we were the only ones that like, we keep going back to. So I think that's why you're seeing a difference and that's why you're seeing quick hires and uh, blatant you know, um, injustice to it, I feel. Yeah, so the uh, the White Sox, they they were rumored first to get A.J. Hinch, and they passed on him, and they hired Tony La Russa, and now he's making headlines for getting uh, arrested for DUI or DWI, whichever one that is. I don't know the difference. And uh, that's kind of a big scandal going on right now. So they're maybe they're, uh, you know – upset that they they made the wrong decision but it said that they did that they knew they knew he, they knew about it when they hired him so whatever so aj has a job correct uh cora has a job the fall guy for the red sox they blamed everything on you know the video replay room guy and they hired him back as a scout so everybody <laughs> has a job except luno and he yeah. is suing he's suing the astros for 20 Two million dollars. So we'll see what happens with that. And Beltron is the other one that also doesn't have a job, but everybody else is coming back. I mean, what do you think about that, Rob? I think I know what your answer is going to be, and, I, and we've been around it before ourselves. And, and, it, and it is a hotbed of subjects on, on Twitter. I mean, it's saturated on Twitter. But I want to know what you think in a nutshell. I mean, well, well I know what the answer is probably going to be, but I mean, do you think that? What does that say to you? I mean, what does that reflect upon things? About Luno getting sued or everybody having jobs again? Everybody getting the jobs again, shall we say. I mean, I figured that A.J. Hinch would get hired somewhere. I mean, everybody figured that. And I know you're speaking about, like, let's distance ourselves from the 2017 team. Let's Let's – because we, we're done with it, right? We're sick of hearing about yeah, it. Absolutely. And maybe if all these guys are gone, but Bregman and uh, Altuve have long contracts, so that's not going to happen for a while. Uh, and, and I'm done with it, too. I mean, I, I get so sick of it. You know, it, it almost makes me not want to watch baseball anymore. I'm so sick of it. Uh, but, yeah, like Luno seemed to be the scapegoat for the Astros. He doesn't have a job. Uh, he goes on on uh, what TV to make a statement. He goes on Ben Ryder's uh, podcast. Like he's the only one talking, but he's also the only one that doesn't have a job. And <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get into that. But the 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 lawsuit. I I think they said they're going to have to go on arbitration, whatever that means. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the same as when the uh, players are arguing about their contracts, but we'll see. And I don't know about Beltron. I don't, I don't. I mean, 
See, like Beltron and Cora, they parted ways with their teams. But A.J. Hinch was fired. And maybe that's why Cora went back to the Red Sox and A.J. Hinch. And the the Astros, like, what do you say? They distanced themselves from A.J. Hinch. So I, I knew he wasn't coming back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. Did you see the Logan Morrison interview? The uh, the guy who did it kind of posted. It was on video, so he kind of posted it. And he asked him, "Are you are you pissed off at the Astros?" And he said they already had immunity. And he said, and so the Red Sox and the Yankees and other teams they knew to keep quiet. Did you see anything about that? You know what? I didn't, Rob. To be honest with you, I I mean. Fill me in on the blanks with that because I did see his name come up again and again and again. I I kind of kind of got lost in the mire of it. I mean, r- run me through that. What exactly was going on there? Okay, I actually wrote down the uh, what he said because somebody posted it earlier today. Michael did. Uh, the Astros told on themselves. This is what he said. He because they said, "Hey, are you are you pissed off at the Astros?" And he said, "No." But he goes on to say, the Astros told on themselves, and no other team got in trouble for this. I don't know if other teams were banging trash cans, but I know a lot of teams were doing some shady stuff. So they go to the Astros, and they say, hey, we'll give you immunity. Just tell us what happened. But Logan Morrison said there is no such thing in immunity. You can't get in trouble for something like that because of the collective bargain agreement. Nobody was going to get suspended or fined. Nothing was going to happen to these guys. He said, but the union doesn't do the best job of educating the players. So the union could have went to the players and said, you don't need to say anything because you already have immunity. Don't, you know, just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And so they found out that they were, you know, and, and they went to the Astro players and said, hey, stop telling on yourself. Stop telling them. You don't have to say anything. You already have immunity. And he said, so that got to the Red Sox and the Yankees, you know, like, hey, you have immunity. You don't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. And so he says they'll never find out what happened on other teams because they all have immunity. Nobody has to say anything. That's absolutely incredible. Incredible. It, It just keeps boiling down to... Why us again? I, I, I mean, we know why from that comment there, which is why to say the unions weren't good at giving that advice. But you think, so So hold on a minute. So it, that, that says to me, we've been honest through, you know, a fault of, you know, being miseducated or shall we say, you know, we weren't told the ins and outs of everything. But we've kind of ultimately been honest there, mm-hmm. more honest than we should have been perhaps according to this, and you think, so we, we've got to pay for being honest people. If you really want to crack it down to another, another route to say this down, mm-hmm. you think, so the scapegoat through, you know, you could say almost providing a, a, an honest testament, but other teams don't. I mean, the bubble that's been burst to me with that, because I don't know about this interview, I, I, I've only just heard this now through your notes there, that says to me, of course we were going to escape them, because we were the only ones that had any information to provide laid out on the table. And that also explains why, no matter how hard we push, 
as a fan base, as an organisation, against the media and against the rival organisations, we're never going to uncover the Red Sox or the Yankees because it's buried in, you know, legislations and obviously rules. It's ridiculous. So check this out, buddy. So the Astros were told, okay, we're going to give you immunity for your testimony. You're not going to get in trouble. Just tell us everything. But they already had it. But they didn't know they had it, just like you said. So you go back to this. Okay, if other teams are doing shady stuff, and they know, like other teams know that the Astros have immunity. They know from the collective bargaining agreement that the Astros were not going to get in trouble. That's what Logan Morrison says. They're not going to get in trouble for this banging on the trash can cheating thing because it's impossible. They already have immunity from the bargaining. So why are, why are the other players so mad that they didn't get in trouble when it, they already know they can't get in trouble? And then, the, and then is that why they're talking trash about the Astros? Because, you know, even though they did yeah. do shady stuff, they know they're not going to get exposed because they're protected. So exactly. I, I don't understand it. Why are they so mad when that they didn't get in trouble when they already know the reason and then they have immunity so they can say whatever they want? There's that, Rob, definitely. And I'll tell you the other thing that it is as well. It fits with the story. Hey, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. You know, we're trying to find some testimony. We didn't do anything wrong. You're the bad guys. So mm-hmm. it, fits, it fits with the tale. It fits with the with with the whole narrative of it. It's you know wink wink nudge nudge. We say out oh, here, you know, just go along with it. Just make it look like you're really innocent. You know, you weren't part of anything, and you know, just just run your mouth a little bit. And it, it backs up the whole idea of you know, uh, aren't those guys really bad? Isn't that team or <laughs> you know, it actually mm-hmm. it's, it's. I mean, what next though? I mean, what next? I mean, that's that's. That's breaking so many rules, surely. Something needs to be... I mean, that's a whole different subject altogether, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. that, that to me just seems like it's another element of the MLB that needs investigating. So it's not just the whole idea of cheating and the history of cheating. It's actually these rules that are obviously in there, you know, within subparagraphs of, of paperwork. Those now need investigating, and that's what it would say to me if I was on the ball and, you know, you had millions to invest in lawyers. (laughs) You know, I was always wondering when these guys were talking trash about the Astros, I'm always like, wait, just wait, buddy, because you're going to get yours when you get exposed. But now we know why. We know why they're talking trash because they're not like Trevor Bauer. Yeah. He he can say all that stuff because he knows – He's never going to get exposed for it. So, so speaking of not getting exposed, would you like to move to the Sunday Strohs poll here on episode number 22? <laughs> yeah, let's go for it, Rob. Okay, let me get your answer first. Will we ever see, and this is kind of linked to what we're just going over, will we ever see the Yankees letter? Plain and simple question. No. And it links to what I've just talked about, but it also links to, I've said it from day one, the, the, somebody wants always warn me about those guys, and I know the LA always gets labelled with this, but they're the blue bloods of of Major League Baseball. 
They're the, probably the biggest franchise around the world, not just for merchandise, but for legacy, history. Everyone knows who the Yankees are. That is never going to come out. It is never going to. The only way that people can keep doing it is keep reminding it. Hopefully that, you know, we've had Michael Schwartz talk about it a lot as well. He's one of the guys that was a big guy behind all that, exposing it. Um, I think that's the only way of really... But I've got to say it, it breaks my heart, but look between the lines, look at those agreements we just spoke about just then with that interview. We are never going to see that letter. It will just be forgotten about, brushed under the rug. It's never going to come available, that. And I'll tell you this, I bet if it does, it will be so heavily redacted and edited um, to suit their own ends, and it will be more of a slap on the wrist, if anything. That's the chops that we'll get out of it anyway. It'll be all blacked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I say I say no, but I think maybe someday we'll see it. I, I'm not really sure, but but I think no. Right now, you know, in the near future, like like because they're in court right now, and that's kind of yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is they're in court fighting it? Are we going to see it? Probably not. And mm. the poll was 77 percent said no. We will not see that letter. And let me tell you this, buddy. You were talking about Blue Bloods. You got New York and Boston and L.A. And I don't want to get into this too much because I went over it on Astros Baseball. But the uh, Justin Turner guy came out. You know, he got pulled out of the game for COVID. He comes back out on the field. Oh, yeah. Comes out of isolation. Oh, and the commissioner's like, oh, well, he, he said he was sorry. You know, it wasn't his fault. And and I could go on and on about it, but I won't. But he pretty much said, oh, well, he has remorse, and he's going to set a great example later. And I applaud him. I applaud him for taking, you know, taking responsibility for it. And now there's like nine people in the Dodgers organization, whether it's staff members or players, that have COVID now, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and so he applauded him, but he spread COVID everywhere. But I don't know. That's a whole other story. But uh, let's go to Fair Foul. You ready to go there? We should do, Rob, before we get on to COVID. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Get ready. It's time for Fair or Foul. All right, buddy. So I... We didn't really communicate very well going into this episode. Mm-hmm. And so before I went to bed last night, I thought of five fair fouls. And sometimes I'm just pretty proud of myself that I can come up with these so fast. <laughs> All right. So number one, let's go. Let's go with number one. Will A.J. Hinch, not will, but A.J. Hinch will take Detroit to the World Series. Fair foul. Do you mean for the for, for the upcoming season, 2021? No, no, in his tenure. However long oh, he stays I, in Detroit, I, will he take him to the World Series? Fair. Absolutely fair. Fair, yeah. Yeah, I think fair. Definitely. In the in, in his senature, definitely. I think fair. I say foul just because I don't know if the Tigers are going to spend money you know, I don't I don't know anything about the Tigers enough. I had a guy on Astros baseball, you know, talking about this, and he wasn't too confident that they're going to spend money. So I, I will say foul. I mean, Detroit, 
they're horrible. I mean, they're they're the new Astros, but we'll see. Um, look how that coach from the Patriots is doing without Tom Brady. So we'll see what happens. So, uh, number two, there will be fans. This goes back to the COVID we're just talking about. There will be fans at Minute Maid Park in 2021. I mean, I remember I brought this up as a poll some time ago and we were talking about it, say, in April. And, you know, I think I'll, I'll word it like this. I think fair, but I think you're going to be talking limited capacity. I can't imagine the ballpark being rammed. I just can't see it. Yeah, when we talked about it before, mm. we we were expecting everything to, like, dwindle down. Yeah. But the, reason, the reason I brought it up again is because, like you're saying, we're locking down again. It's mm-hmm. spiking up again. We're breaking mm. records, and I don't know what it has to do with it. More testing. Mm. Uh, I, I think the U.S. tests more than anybody, so I don't know why that's why it's bad. But, but I know, you know, we had uh, – we had fans at the World Series in Texas, so I don't know if they're going to make it where if everybody can't have fans, then nobody will. I don't know how. I don't know if they're going to have to share true. the money from tickets. Yeah. I don't know yeah, because California, true. they're not going to let people in. You know, they're too liberal over there. I don't think they're going to let them in. So, but I'm going to say fair. I'm going to say fair at a limited capacity. Yeah, you know, the way the way COVID's going, it's not. I can't. It's not going to be forty five thousand people. No, no way, no way. So sticking with the twenty twenty one season, the Astros will win the AL West in twenty twenty one. The fair because I do look at our previous. The way I look at it is, I think. Mm, worst case scenario, let's say absolute worst case scenario here, we lose, you know, Brantley and we lose Springer. This is worst case scenario. I, I still think we could do it. I still think we could get to that stage. Beyond that stage, I really don't know. But I think there's a good chance we could still get there. But I am only basing it off the 2020 season we've just had. That's it. I'm only basing it off that. Um, yeah, again, it was limited season and hard and whatever, but I think so. I think I think that might be the end of the line, but I would say fair. I say fair as well, buddy. Uh, the A's are our toughest competition, and I think they have like seven free agents. They're shortstop. They have two of their back-end closers. Uh, I can't remember who else, but they're, they're losing a lot of people. Mm. And, I, and they, I don't think they pay. Like other teams do, I think I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why some team in Oakland doesn't have money, uh, but uh, I say fair. I think mm. I think I think. I mean, like you said, our we still have the core team. I know you didn't say that, but but I, we're still good. I mean, how can you not think we're yeah. going to win it? Exactly, that's what I mean. I think we could at least get to that stage. Uh, beyond tricky, but I, I think we could do that. Like I say, I don't want to see. Keep going back to spring. We don't want to see spring and go, but I still think we could do it. I still think we could do it. All right. This next question could actually be an episode by itself. So get ready. <laughs> a member of the 2017 Astros 
will get their number retired by the Astros sometime in the future. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tricky one. Um, I'd say fair. Who do you think it would be if you had to pick anyone? Altuve? Well, that's exactly who jumped to my mind. Yeah, I just, I'm just thinking here, I'm sat here, and I'm envisioning that, which would be absolutely heartbreaking. But the flip side of that is that's who I would want. That's who I would want heavily linked to the Astros organization above anybody. If I really think about it, if I'm going to look at that number being retired, I want it under the Astros, Minute Maid Park, Houston. Yeah, I'd, I'm going to say fair, and I'd probably say I'll too, though, if I really have to think about it. I think Bregman, you know, his career has a long way to go. I think if Correa, I think Correa has a really, really good chance of, yeah. of having this happen if they re-sign him. If yes. he go, if he goes somewhere else, no, he's not. He, he hasn't done enough because he's been injured. Altuve is the only one that has done enough. But I also think even if Springer goes somewhere else, mm. you know, all of the, you know, the home runs and the postseason and all the lead, I, I think Springer may have done enough. I'm not really sure. I, I, I don't know if you have to play for the Astros for. 10 or 12 years, I'm not sure. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't have their numbers retired, so. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really interesting point because that was an element I was going to come at it from. You know, second in line was going to be, you know, Correa or Springer, but then, like you mentioned, I'm not sure how the system works, but those three are you, your choices, let's be honest, I feel, anyway. I think they're your three guys where you're going to say, yeah, you know, if it's going to happen, that's. It, I just feel like that's fair. Hey, think about this, buddy. The last two that got their numbers retired, I mean, if you go from left to right on the board, hmm. you know, above the scoreboard, is Biggio and Bagwell. Wow. None of, the, none of those four guys, including Springer, hmm. have had a Biggio-Bagwell career. They haven't even had a... A, Berk, a Berkman career yet, mm-hmm. but Altuve. See, Altuve and Bregman have long-term contracts, so I think yes. they have the edge as far as like if Altuve never plays for another team, and he gets back to where he hits 200 a season. I mean, he has 200 hits, and he gets some more batting titles, and maybe can win another uh, MVP. I think Altuve. Has the best chance. He's the first one that comes to my mind. If anyone has a chance, absolutely. And like you say, it's a really interesting, interesting subject because straight away, I think you know you could have thirty minutes talking about this. But I do think you know if I, the minute you said that question, I straight away I'm thinking of my Altuve jersey. I'm going, I'm thinking that's that's it. It's Altuve. It's got to be. Yeah. All right, this last one is a fun one. I had to throw a fun one in there. And uh, I'm not even sure if you know what this is, but men using loofahs in the shower. Do you know what a loofah is? <laughs> yes, I do know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, uh, ironically, it's like the same name out here, you know, because sometimes the names vary a bit, don't they? I've 
I'm going to say it like this, right? And I'll tell you a little something. I remember uh, when I used to go and visit my aunt, she had one. And I swear to God, I don't know it. I don't know if it's because I was too young, but I hated every minute of it. So it's a massive, massive foul. I don't like them. I hate them myself personally. It's it's a foul. It really is. I can't abide it. The, the sensation of it. I don't like it. <laughs> so I used to be, you know, like an Irish Spring bar soap guy. No wash <laughs> rag, nothing. Just get the soap wet. You know, rub it over my body. That was my shower. And somewhere down the line, (laughs) somebody, I I don't know if I used somebody else's, like if I stayed the night at their house. I don't know how it happened, but I am 100% loofah. Wow. (laughs) I mean, they, they even have them now, like. From like Irish Spring, they try to make them black and more manly, because you know you don't feel like a man because you go buy them at, at girly stores. But and you can you know you can use words like exfoliating your skin and all this stuff. But I'm a loofah guy for life. I I can't. It just feels weird. I mean I like them. I'm sorry. I like shower gel and I like loofahs and it is what it is, buddy. It is what it is. Maybe it comes with like. Maturing in age or something. I don't know, but I, maybe uh, maybe I'll look into it in another five, ten years' time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I looked at it like a macho man. Like, I don't need that. I just need bar <laughs> soap, you know. But, I mean, it's nice. It's really nice. I like it. <laughs> That's a good one, that one, Rob, rather than our normal fashion police ones. I quite enjoyed that one. I, I can't think of any more fashion police one. I don't know what's going on with me. Well, uh, as we say out here, you know, we don't we don't follow it, Rob. We set it. Fashion. That's true. <laughs> we are the fashion police. All right, well, that's all I got, buddy. We appreciate all you tuning in to Sunday Strohs, episode number 22. Thanks for coming back after we take two weeks off. Uh, yes. It was fun, buddy. I, I think we could have talked an hour. I think we talked a little longer than we expected to, but it was a reunion of sorts, right? It was, yeah. It's good to have you back, Rob. As I say, this shows to me, it's uh, I'm never going to be, uh, it isn't about one of us, each one of us doing it on our own. You know, this is what it's all about. So it is really good to have you back. And it's good to just talk baseball. And there's some good subjects there. Uh, there's a lot floating around on Twitter and there's a lot of nonsense at the minute, but they're just good, hearty conversations and, and it's excellent to talk about. So it's great to have it back on track and, uh, I look forward to just carrying it on now, so we'll shall see you all next week. But just remember, if it's Sunday, it's time for Sunday Strolls. See you next time. Dustin Garneau of the Houston Astros, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sunday Strohs.